Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And welcome to episode 15 of the AI Comic Pod. Uh, tonight we are going to be covering the review of Batman vs Superman, aka the Dawn of Justice. It's just me today. You are just blessed with my dulcet tones. Rory is too ill. I think it might be Civil Waritis. He's possibly got withdrawal symptoms because he's only seen the film once. But it doesn't matter. To save you from my dulcet tones. We're also joined today by uh, Messrs. Joe Simpson and Marco Lopez. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, mate. Hey, dude. How are you both doing? Tired. Hey. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, tired seems a good one. <laughs> right, well, thanks very much for, uh, for both coming on. We've been looking forward to doing this one, despite what a lot of people might think about the film. We've liked it. Uh, it certainly warrants being talked about. It's been a big talking point this year in terms of, certainly in terms of comic book films, if not just in terms of films anyway. So I think it would be a little bit remiss of us if we uh, if we didn't cover it at least briefly. So putting all all the the controversy to to one side for for one second, Joe, why don't you start us off? Uh, first impressions on the lead up to the film before you actually watched it. How sort of how were you feeling when you first went in? I think I was I was apprehensive. I, I obviously there'd been a there'd been a weird sort of thing in the build up, hadn't there? Where there'd been like sort of a, almost a war of sort of advanced publicity of like loads of really negative stuff, and then other stuff came out which was saying actually it's nowhere near as bad as that. So I was I was unsure what to expect. I suppose because I'd other to a degree, had a bit of concern, like we previously discussed, the fact that some people were saying it was good, even though there was so much negativity. I was happy to hear that. So I suppose it, it was it was a mixture in the build up. Um, you know, a bit apprehensive, but also still still excited. Yeah, it, it's a weird one looking back because, as I say, there's been so much negative publicity. 
that on first view, and I think I wouldn't say I particularly enjoyed it. I may be a bit different to you guys on this. I wouldn't say I particularly enjoyed it, but it was better than I expected because I think by the end that that sort of onslaught and there's you know the Snyder stuff and things like that have made me be have a, be really apprehensive before that first viewing. But as I've reflected on it more and more since then, I've become probably more critical. But obviously, we will. I'm sure we'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. Uh, what about you, Marco? How were you feeling before you actually sat down and watched it? And then, how did you feel once you actually watched it after your first viewing? Well, first trailer got me very excited because immediately gave me a sense of uh, you know that that they were going to keep that dark tone, which I think. Uh, it's something I liked. I know some people, one of the criticism already, which, which you can no doubt sort of spill out is the sense of this, this film needing to be kid friendly. And, and while I understand that, I think one of the reasons the Dark Knight trilogy worked so well is because the balls are on the table and the guys decided to go for something very loyal to the darkness of, of the universe. And maybe that's a Batman thing more than a, a DC thing. And, and that may be one of the issues, but, but I, I was happy with the tone. I thought the second trailer was a bit of a problem because it it's it, it gave away too much in in respect to that there weren't really too many surprises the third trailer was was also cool uh but the funny thing is when I sat down and watched it I I I tried very hard to clear my head and I said look you know what Mark just just sit down and make up your own mind and and the, and I enjoyed it I really really enjoyed it I love parts of it I was concerned with others but I went with it because you know, one of the key things we, we, we've always got to remember is that, um, especially with with comic films, is is that these things are, are are largely based in the universe and not necessarily you know direct retellings of them, and that that's that, that's an important thing that people always need to keep keep in the back of their mind uh, uh, in terms of how how these things are, are put together. I I wanted to like the film and and and, and I'll put that out there, but. The thing is, in my opinion, there's just too much good in it to be a disaster. And I think there's many worse comic book films, even in the last 12 months. Uh, I think the challenge this film had is that it it had a very, very, very tough job to do because it's 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 handling two iconic characters. I think they well, we'll obviously get in, into the details, but I think uh, uh, you know, on the whole, my my first viewing was was actually quite positive and and. And, and, and I, I almost had to sort of start clutching at things that I didn't like. Um, I, if anything, I felt that the stuff that I, that I didn't like was more like things that felt a bit disjointed or I was confused about, but I, but I still enjoyed the film. There's, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Uh, what the, the key thing for me that, that Joe mentioned there was with regard to the build up, there was a lot of, there was a lot of expectation due to it. Rory mentions it repeatedly. The budget, you know, when you've spent a hundred million dollars just on advertising a film, there is a lot of pressure out there. When you've rammed it down people's throats that this is going to be the film event of the year, and let's be honest, nobody expected it to be, because more people, I think, were looking forward to Deadpool and Civil War, and they timed this wrong and they just dropped it slap bang in the middle of the cult favorite and the box office smash. But the when when the initial reviews came out. They were all, originally they were very, very glowing, but then a lot of them started coming out where the critics got hold of it and they were saying, well, actually, it's a bit too dark or it's a bit boring or it's what we expected it to be. And I remember getting a text off Rory and he said something along the lines of, he's done it, he snided the fuck out of the film. 
And then he sort of backtracked on it a couple of days later because more and more reviews came out and it seems like they did start clawing the public opinion back. And same as you, Marco, I'll just put it out there. I really liked it. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't without its flaws. But I would say there was far more good than bad. Uh, my, my beloved uh, partner in crime, Ian, struggled to find many positives. His positives could be counted on like maybe two or three fingers. He'd need a, you know an estate-sized car to fit all the <laughs> negatives. And it, he basically said that the first 75% of the film was useless and just ha- offered absolutely nothing to the narrative. And I've, to be honest, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, that it seems like two films put together, it's very, very disjointed and they've, they've cobbled it together. And while I do think a bit of that's true, I still enjoy it. it it's, it's maybe quite a stupid film. It's, sort of, it's not a very cerebral one. It's not the kind of thing where you're going to go away thinking about it, going, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, that worked on two or three different levels. I think it's very... You've got to take it at the surface. It's basically just, you know, me punch you, you punch me. But, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I, I was pleasantly surprised because I, I wanted it to be good and I actually thought it was going to be crap. I really did think I was going to be coming out fuming and thankfully that wasn't the case. So, uh, Joe, you've already alluded to it. Have you been back and seen it more than once? No, I haven't. Um... I, I, it's one of them. I will. I probably will watch it again at at some stage. Um, well, you know, when it's out on Sky or whatever, I, I will watch it again. But I yeah. didn't like it enough to go and pay to see it again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, to some degree, and I know we'll be touching on this later. Some of the things where I'm maybe a bit, a bit more critical than you guys will make more sense to me on a second view. And I, I I know you guys know more about the, you know, the different comic versions of these characters and things like that. Whereas I'm, I'm a lot more reliant, I think on my expectations based on the films I've seen. And I think sometimes that maybe, you know, shadows my perception of the film to some degree, because it's not what I wanted or expected, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad in some of these respects. It's just it wasn't what I was expecting. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, when I watch it again, I might be have a bit more of a fairer perspective on it. Yeah, but that's often the case, isn't it? You do yeah. tend to pick things up second time round because you've got over the initial stuff. I mean, I've done it with Deadpool. I picked up more second time round than I did first. Same with Civil War. I picked up a lot more the second time because I, di- oh, I didn't have the... I was still in a fanboy mode, but I was able to just relax a little bit and properly let it soak in and really take on board. Um, Marco, have you been second time or have you just been a, a one show in wonder as well? No, I went the second time. And ah, right. uh, the, the interesting thing is that I understood more the second time, but that's, that's not, that's not exactly rare in comic films, especially some of the later Marvel ones. Um, and I mean, case in point to use an example, uh, I thought guardians, introduced a lot of stuff very very quickly and i i picked up a lot more the second time of viewing so i don't think it's it's an unusual thing to see in in, in a uh, the, the the second viewing of bbs what was interesting is that you know the things i loved the first time resonated the second time and 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 the things that 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 initially sort of had me worried i i sort of made a lot more sense the it's, it's, it's a movie that has a lot of great concepts and ideas, but there's a lot of issues with, with some execution and pacing. Uh, and, and also I think what, what Joe says about 
you know, so for example, he, he doesn't necessarily have all the comic background. I think it's quite an important point, right? Because uh, a lot of this is about the expectations. A lot of it is about the fact that, you know, these are two huge characters, number one. Um, I think, I think that, that that sort of plants some very difficult, difficult expectations on the film. You then juxtapose that against Civil War, which with all due respect, right? Civil War could have been, could have been an absolute stinker of the film. It isn't. But it could have been an absolute stinker, and it still would have. It'll still do better than than BVS, in my opinion. So, I think I think the 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 reality is is that you know it's it's also sort of marrying this thing against against expectations. Because the funny thing is, I think pound for pound, the 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 film that probably wins twenty sixteen is not actually Civil War. BVS is Deadpool. Absolutely. Because I mean, like, let's be honest. The the it's it it's it found a sweet spot. Because if you think about it, it's it's a film that has some very visceral violence. It's really really funny, and and uh, it sort of was marketed in the underground. And 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 there's a lot of feel good stuff in it. I think BVS m- makes a decision of how to present itself. And it doesn't necessarily present itself in the way that some of the others do. And I, I'm one of those people who doesn't mind that because I like the fact that, you know, that it's trying to be different. The funny thing is, you, you, you look at like, for example, the, the money it's made. I, I don't know if my figures are correct, but like, uh, according to the ones I'm looking at, BBS is the second highest grossing film of the year, uh, so far. And I mean, we're talking about 865 million, which yeah. is a big wad of cash. Now, the thing is, they needed to hit a billion. Um, I, I was listening to your preview part again this morning, and 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 I'm fully convinced that 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 film BVS would have needed to to cross a billion to be to be considered a success. But the crazy thing is, we're talking about uh, a time. I mean, like 20 years ago, guys. You you, you guys will remember. Um, there was no way studios were going to take chances on anything resembling throwing in, you know, the third the third poster child of DC into a film. Um, never mind an R-rated film like Deadpool or bringing across all the other uh, uh, secondary, in inverted commas, characters uh, from the Avengers. And, and I say that with a lot of respect because Spider-Man and X-Men have always been the biggest franchises in, in Marvel. We're now sitting in a situation where BVS is a film, Deadpool is a film, Civil War is a film, Suicide Squad is a film, Doctor Strange is getting a film. Like, th- 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 these are not, you know, some of these characters are not sort of mainstream. So I think... I think it is, it's, it's a very strange set of expectations we're dealing with. And, 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 and it's crazy to talk about a film that made, you know, nearly a billion. And to some people, it, it, it feels like it didn't align to expectations, but I understand why. I understand it. And I think the, 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 the big thing here is who exactly were, were Warner Brothers and, and D, and, and, and the DC Comics guys and Zack Snyder trying to target with this film? Because I think, if it's the Civil War audience or even the Deadpool audience, no, I don't think a lot of those people would have enjoyed this film. And 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 to some extent, I understand why. No, I, I think that's 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 very fair comment, especially the money side of it. We we were saying when your budget is two hundred and fifty million dollars, you've got to break a billion to even be able to consider it a success. When you say that Deadpool cost seventy odd and made ten times what they spent. That's a success at the minute. Batman versus Superman has only just made more than three times. You know, eight hundred and sixty-five million. It will. It will probably take nine hundred. It's probably still trickling in slowly. 
that is by no means a failure, but in relative terms, when you compare it to the other films of the genre and even the other films of the year, it should have made more money. And exactly the, the phrase I would use is exactly what you said about Deadpool, pound for pound. What, what they've got for what they've spent makes it the big box office success. And arguably, it makes it the big success of the genre. There can't be any other comic book film that has made 10 times what they've spent because then you would be talking about them making a couple of billion. You know, for this to have done that, it would have had to have made two and a half billion, which would make it the highest grossing film of all time ever. And it, it was never going to be because we actually saw that trend. It had a brilliant opening weekend. It had a brilliant opening week. It had a brilliant second week. And then it all just stopped. So it looks very much like people wanted to see the film once and then didn't have any reason to go back. And I don't think that's the case for the Marvel films. They seem to have the longevity to have a good third week and a good fourth week. And after that fourth week, then it breaks in one of the other markets. So maybe that's when it opens up in China or or something like that. And then they, they get that extra shot in the arm. Batman versus Superman just doesn't seem to have got that, does it? It just seems to have been a good two-week stint and then everyone's just gone to sleep on it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, mate. Go no, no, after you. Oh no! I was just going to say I, I, I slightly disagree with you, although it's only in in a small way. I think I said this on a preview pod. I think if it had done these type of numbers, because of the way they've sort of front loaded it with like they put it all up front with these huge characters fighting each other. You know, they've only had one Superman film before it. No, no Batman film under this sort of you know version. I I think they could have. Business-wise, I'm no business expert and I, I, or anything like that, but I think they could have justified it. If they were coming away and saying, it's made $800 million, yeah, we've put so much into it, but you could probably justify that as marketing for the whole universe of, of films. And if it, if it had been in a situation now where it made $800 million, and it was a bit like, say, Avengers or something, where, from my perspective, Everyone I know who watched Avengers, even if they hadn't seen any of the individual characters before, people were desperate to see them. And I think if they could look at it now and say those other, you know, Justice League characters are going to be a success because people are buzzing about seeing them. And I don't mean the hardcore fans who would always be buzzing. I mean your average cinema goer. I think they could maybe say, okay, it's made $800 million. It hasn't made, as you say, a billion, which would be perfection, you know, to really justify it. But we've actually paid this money to set off, you know, our own. We've shortcutted the 20 years of, or, or sorry, eight years of Marvel Cinematic Universe by doing it with putting the money into this and setting it up. I think they could probably look at that and go, well, OK, it's worth taking that financial hit. But I think, like you both said, they've put all that money in made $800 million, and I, I must admit, I w- I, as things stand, I don't, want, I don't want to see any of those other films, personally. You know, I, I must admit, I think that's a very, very good way of looking at it in terms of the budget. I, I'm very interested now to see what they're going to, if they're going to spend similar amounts on, on the rest of these films, because um, Gal Gadot, was, as mentioned today, uh, she's finished filming for the, the solo Wonder Woman film, 
Um, Jason Momoa has already been doing his Justice League stuff. I believe Ezra Miller, who's the Flash, he's doing his. Uh, just to backtrack, Jason uh, Jason Momoa is Aquaman for anyone who's not following. Um, I think Henry Cavill is uh, Superman, obviously, is still in training. He might be doing his Superman stuff soon. So they're really ramping up the Justice League stuff now. I'm going to be. I'm going to now be paying close attention to what their advertising budget comes out as, and I've got a feeling, you know, that you might be right because you think about it. If you've got eight years worth of catching up to do, there's only really one way to do it, and you've got to do it very quickly. And of course, doing it quickly is going to cost an absolute ton of money, possibly to the tune of a hundred million dollars. And you know better than me, Stu, it's trying to do it quickly. Yeah. But also, you're not just trying to catch up. You're trying to catch up with someone who, you know, you've talked about it so much on here. You're trying to catch up with something that's been done in a way that people will be talking about for 50 years. It's like masterstroke after masterstroke to knit all these characters together. It's such a hard task anyway. And then if you're putting all that money in and giving it to Zack Snyder, you know, it's... It's a it's a massive risk, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I haven't seen anyone in any of the reviews or any of the people I've spoken to. I've not heard anyone who's made any overly positive comments about him in the way that, say, people coming out of Civil War have just lavished praise on the Russo brothers. The Russo brothers have done it again. They did it with the Winter Soldier. They've managed to keep that heart, that soul, that narrative in the film. They've made it funny but compelling, but dramatic at the same time. Nobody has said anything like that about Zack Snyder. The the closest I've heard is people saying it wasn't that bad or it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And that, that's a real uphill battle that they've got. I I said the other day, I, I would be happy if Marvel turned around now and said to the Russo brothers, look, laid it on the table. This is our IP. This is all the films we've got coming up. You can take whatever you want. But knowing that, that Zack Snyder has got the whole DC universe in his back pocket does make me a bit wary. Because he is well, he, he's sort of Michael Bay, isn't he? He's a little bit Michael Bay light. You know what you're going to get with him. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, you guys are hitting on some interesting points. And, 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 and this, for me, is the biggest um, concern I've got. Uh, because... A lot of the positive elements, like BVS does it, does enough to hint at some very, very cool ideas that, that, that I think would be awesome to watch in films. So I'm not, I'm not sort of, uh, uh, you know, in the same place as Joe is, is, is having some concerns about, about the future ones. But I will say this much. Um, I've maintained, I think, I think the bigger issue is not really Zack Snyder, but it's the fact that whoever is placing all the emphasis on him being the central figure, in, in planning all this is, 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 I think slowly but surely starting to see the error of their ways. And the reason I say that is, is two things. Number one, um, I think DC's biggest concern here is the, the first thing is they lack a Kevin Feige equivalent. Yeah. There's no, there's no central person that's got the entire universe, uh, in, in, in sort of their mind and how it all ties together. But I think the other biggest problem is, and, and I was listening to, uh, a, a podcast earlier, um, uh, from the Empire, that uh, first of all, they, they, they got the chance to interview uh, Deborah Snyder and Charles Revan, the, the producers, as well as Zach himself. And and I mean, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but the impression I got reading between the lines is that these guys made Man of Steel, and they kind of arrived at a point where they're sort of, like it almost 
they, they, they spoke about it with the air of the weather as if, okay, so what should we do next? Should we try and find a villain? And or, well, how do you think we'll tie into the next film? Should it be a sequel? And if, if that's the case, I think the biggest problem is, you know, it's it, it's it's not so much that they're trying to compete with the MCU. It's 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 probably that that they haven't even realized that that's something that, that they want to do. Uh, one encouraging bit of news that that I've seen come out in the last few weeks is that uh, Ben Affleck is is kind of taking all the negative press to heart. And um, what, what, one of the positives that I took out of BVS is Ben Affleck, and 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 yeah. I, I would be very curious to see if he if he comes on board. Uh, you know, so sort of his promotion as one of the executive producers becomes becomes a bigger deal. Because the funny thing is, like I was thinking about it. Um, well, I was looking at it as well. Yes, fair enough. Zach is involved, but you know, Christopher Nolan was came on as the consultant for this film, which was a bit surprising to me because I think there are some. I, I, I don't think the Batman stuff is inconsistent. I think it's it's other stuff, uh, especially around the Superman elements that. Uh, that 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 don't tie up well and 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 it just it's weird because it, they didn't necessarily lack smart people in in this film the other issue is uh from what i understand the the ons he he apparently in one of the articles i read what was considered to be um the 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 central dc creative chief that they wanted to sort of play the kevin feige role but he's got nine other projects or something to that effect yeah he, kevin, he is a very very busy man yeah, and, and that's the issue. Kevin Feige has one job, and I'm not trying to say MCU is easy or, or simple, but that's all he cares about, right? Yeah. So, I, I guess what I'm trying to say to summarize it is that you know that's that, that for me is 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 the thing that DC has kind of kind of got to pick. They've got to they've got to say, look, what do we want these films to be? They don't have to make a Marvel uh, a DC universe. They don't have to compete with Marvel directly. And I think you know to almost do that. To some extent, I mean, what the MCU is now is very much a Disney thing to do. And it makes sense and it's cool. And, and that's one of the reasons I like the fact that Disney's got control of Marvel. But, you know, ultimately, um, DC doesn't have to do the same thing. They can just be, be good at what they're good at and, 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 and try and build on these very gritty and, and, and strong, uh, you know, sort of offbeat characters. Yeah. Now that the Kevin Feige thing is a very interesting point because he's, He's like the Didi Haman, isn't he? He's he's the guy in the background. He doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves, but he really is. He's everyone else might be the gears, but he's sort of the oil, isn't he? He's the bit that keeps everything ticking over, and he just he pulls everything together into one singular vision. And I, I like the fact that Jeff Johns is involved. I really like the guy, but as you say, if there's any element of his of his focus that's being taken away from this potentially those, those cracks are going to show, aren't they? Whereas Kevin Feige, you can see everything that goes right is because of him. And potentially everything that goes wrong with the DC stuff could be because Jeff Johns isn't able to give 110% of his focus to it. But in terms of the what you're saying about the universe, I've never actually considered that. It, to me, it's almost become sort of an expected thing now that whatever DC do has got to be comparable to what Marvel do. But you're absolutely right and you say they don't have to. They could just release a film every 18 months and make sure that that film is a good film. It doesn't have to tie into a film that's coming out in 2020. It doesn't have to all lead up to a big Justice League film. It could just be you know, a, a Ben Affleck Batman film, a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman film. Then it could be The Flash and all the rest of it. But they, they've, I wonder if they ever even considered that. Or do you think maybe, what would you think, Joe, if, say, DC 
hadn't done that, if they'd just gone down a singular film route, do you think they could have been panned for it for maybe taking the easy way out? Um, possibly. I, I don't. I think maybe they would have, but I think even if they did, I think they they should be above that type of thing. And it's, if they did made. If they'd have gone down that route and made quality films, any criticism fades away anyway. That's true. But I just, I would think, but I just presume it's like any sort of business where there's an, a, a similar or equivalent rival. If you see them have a massive success, and obviously they will be biased to some degree, and 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 have have some merit to it, you know. As we said last time, you know, no one would really disagree. Yeah, Superman and Batman. Uh, absolutely huge iconic characters arguably the two most recognizable characters in the world of comic books regardless yeah. of who you yeah. like yeah yeah I think i'd agree with that as a non non-comic reader you know definitely as just a, a general fan um and so if you've got those type of things in your locker and you see the you know almost license to print money that marvel have got i'm sure you would think well why can't we do that because we have got great characters and you know as well as being iconic, you know, I know Superman's a bit marmite for a lot of people, but Batman is arguably the most interesting of, of all comic book characters to some degree. Oh, I, I wouldn't so, argue with that one bit. And, <laughs> you know, so there's so much scope there to, to bring all these things together. And I, I, a lot of what, what you've both said, I agree with in terms of, if I just look at this sort of have a general idea of what this film was, I do like that dynamic of, of of setting up how Superman and Batman can be at odds and and that clash. Uh, that to me sounds great, and also, uh, you know, the, just the general sort of fan in me of action loves the idea of Batman versus Superman just in a fist fight. You know, just for the action sense as well. So the, there's a lot to it. I just think, like uh, Marco said, the execution wasn't that great. So I sort of think. The way I'd be looking at it, from my perspective anyway, is that they, they've they wasted this great story because I sh- I'm someone... For, I'll, give, I'll give you the best example I can make, and I know th- this might get me banned from these pods, is I, ha- I, I had literally no interest whatsoever in Captain America. Ooh. No interest. No, I've never read... Lifetime I'd never, ban. Hold on, hold on. I might rescue <laughs> myself. I'd never, I'd never read about him other than, like, I think he was in an annual with other characters. And I, I sort of... The way you are with Superman, to a certain extent, he seemed a bit boring to me, and his powers didn't seem that interesting and things like that. But... And then there's... You know, the director of the Winter Soldier, for example, or directors, you know, I gave that a watch and I was blown away. And and that was fighting a real uphill battle, whereas Batman and Superman, I love them characters. You know, it should be easy to make me excited about future films in that, whereas Captain America had a real struggle, whereas now I'm really excited about Captain America. So Um, that was a much harder task because they did it so well. I'm well on board, and I'm now a fan. Yeah. Whereas me... I was a fan of those two characters. Whereas now I'm thinking, if the next one comes out, I may get persuaded by marketing or good trailers or hype. But currently, as things stand, I'm not that interested. Yeah, you're not chomping at the bit. Uh, go on, you Marco. Know. You're obvi- there's obviously something on your mind. 
No, just two quick things. I want to echo what Joe said. So, number one, my my interaction with Iron Man in the comic books is like this very serious, like scientist come billionaire sort of political guy. Uh, he is not. I, I'm not familiar with the incarnation of you know this one line equipped Playboy billionaire that Robert Downey Jr. portrays, but I obviously prefer uh, the latter. Uh, also, um, I I have a confession to make, uh, and basically the confession is very simple: is that if not for the Batman Arkham games and in particular Nolan's trilogy, I had no interest in DC whatsoever before, but until those movies came along. So I think you know to echo what Joe is saying is that. There's even that element around the the accessibility of these characters uh, across that. I've I've I was a Spider-Man fan since I was eight years old, and that's that that's what I've grown up with. And um and I think it's it's important to understand how these different mediums sort of introduce you to these things. So so I, I can echo what Joe's saying there. Yeah, no, that that I, I actually completely understand what Joe means about um Captain America. When I first heard about him, I was like, oh god, this is the most American thing in the world. He's literally called. Captain America, he's wearing the flag. Oh my god! It, it couldn't have been any more American, it, unless he like float. He flew around on a on a American eagle or something, and he. It, oh, it's just it was awful. But going from from one set of pivotal characters, uh, I think we'll we'll discuss our favourite characters. But just before we do, we're going to have a very quick break. So just stay where you are. You're listening to the Unfield Index. The Unfield Index. Podcast channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, thanks for bearing with us. We are back and with uh, Marco Lopez and Joe Simpson. We are still discussing Batman versus Superman. And as I mentioned before that quick break, we are going to look at favorite characters. So, Joe, why don't you start us off? Anyone particularly took your fancy from the film? Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. This obviously, I'm quite quite critical of the film, as you you know. Uh, what what I would say is, I hope this is going to make sense. I really enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman and Bruce Wayne, even though I didn't particularly enjoy the direction they took Batman in. I still thought he did it very well. Yeah, he had that sort of 
he, he, you know, as we said previously, he pulls off the playboy. He, he, he could be a playboy, isn't he? You know, he, he's got it all. He's, oh, absolutely. He's, he's so good looking, tall, built, you know, um, he's got charm, he, he's got charisma. So he's naturally got a lot of that. I know he doesn't always show it in his films, but it is naturally part of him. But he's also got in this that sort of grizzled, sort of, you know, tough, tough, toughness to him as well, which really helps for like the, the, the direction they take Batman in. But I didn't like, and again, I think this may be a problem from me not following the comics or not being open to a different version of, of Batman. The Batman I know best is from from the Nolan films, and, and that Batman would do everything in his power not to kill, even when it was someone like, spoiler for the Dark Knight people, if you haven't seen it yet, well, I can't do nothing oh for God, you. Oh, God, no, if you haven't yeah. seen it, there's no hope for you. Yeah, yeah, there's no hope for you. Well, you know, even to the extent of risking his own safety to avoid killing the Joker. Yeah. And the Batman in this is, is to me, a bit like a maniac at times, you know, you know, which which I really struggled with because so much of his motivation for wanting revenge against Superman is his recklessness with his power. And then Batman's doing exactly the same thing at times. And that I don't know, I, I just didn't I just didn't like that. But again, that could be me wanting a previous incarnation of Batman. Well put it this than way. The one they I, I would say that you're probably not alone in thinking that that there are a lot of people the, the majority of people probably who've been and seen the film, their exposure to Batman will have been Batman, the animated series in the nineties, the Nolan trilogy, the awful films, which we don't talk about much before <laughs> it with Val Kilmer and George Clooney. And then the Arkham games that Marco's mentioned. So a lot of people will have seen Batman as the, he's not the ultimate paragon of virtue. You know, he's not captain America, but he's got his limits. He's got his boundaries, but I actually liked the darker tint that they put on Batman because um, we, we mentioned in the preview pod that it, it was loosely based on what is considered to be one of the seminal Batman works by Frank Miller called The Dark Knight Returns. And in that, Batman has he's had enough. He's retired. He's gone away. Uh, decades of, of fighting crime have taken their toll on him physically and mentally. And they, they've also added an extra twist into that in, in the film where they've hinted at the death of Robin which echoes another um, uh, another famous story arc of death in the family, which I love. It, it reads well. It looks brilliant. It's drawn exceptionally well. So if anyone hasn't read it and wants to start reading Batman, think about death in the family. And that, coupled with his age, coupled with the fact he's probably got 20 years under his belt of fighting crime, and he never really sees Gotham come out from the mire, does he? It's always... Mm-hmm sleazy and dark and there's crime in every every corner and I, I like the fact that he seems to have just got to the point where he's gone you know what fuck it I can't be arsed anymore the only way I'm going to get anywhere is by smashing your head into a wall is by snapping your leg is by throwing you off a building but a lot of the reviews did mention that they thought that th- this callous Batman sort of put a bit put a bit of a, a negative spin on things but I, like I say, I, I liked it, but what about you, Marco? What, uh, what? First of all, what do you think about that darker Batman, and also 
your favorite characters okay so the, the batman point um i also liked it because uh, again I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the comic you mentioned but let me but let's not make it just about dark knight returns and let, let's just sort of uh, uh focus it around around the themes that the movie uh, the movie presents because i think what's interesting about the film is that it it does play a, a lot around with this this aspect of who is the good guy who is the vigilante and and the, this very fine line between revenge and justice and the, those are good themes that the film starts putting forward which which is stuff that I caught on to which I liked also like this older hardened disillusioned batman look i've 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 kind of got a dark streak in myself in terms of the material that I like, uh, hence being a fan of The Walking Dead, for example. So yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was interesting. And even, even then, if he even, you know, very sort of spits it out himself when he calls himself a criminal. And, um, he even makes a comment about criminals are like weeds. You pull one up, another one grows in its place and even sort of talks about, you know, getting rid of Superman, who obviously he perceives to be a big threat as, as the most important thing he could do at this point. So, uh, I, I, I really liked those aspects and I think it was a very interesting story, you know, an interesting personal story. Just to sort of build on, on, on the, on, on the character's aspect, um, his, his playboy sort of persona Bruce Wayne is possibly the best Bruce Wayne I've seen, which is a big statement I know, but like, I, I didn't, I, no, I didn't necessarily buy into Keaton in that role and, and Christian Bale does, does have a charm to it, but I didn't, uh, there's, there's something about how, how, how Ben Affleck played it, I have to admit. Christian Bale's uh, a bit rough, isn't he? He's a bit too rough, whereas Ben Affleck is yeah. chiseled and polished and waxed yeah. to perfection. Yeah, he, 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 he kind of, I think, I think because he, he almost brings that, that, that off-screen celebrity into the film, which I know is kind of a weird thing to say. I, I thought his Batman was good. The, 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 the killing aspect doesn't bother me that much because uh, Batman has killed before in the comics. Uh, Batman's think- actually killed a lot more people than people realize, hasn't he? He's got a body count because when he, when Batman was first created, yes, he didn't yes. have this moral compass. He used to kill people. Batman used to use guns. So Batman would go into like a warehouse and he would just shoot the place up. The, 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 the other thing is, I think, and I mean, it's interesting because like the Marvel movies have been very specific about this. You you, you don't see enemies or villains in, in Marvel, you know, live past a certain point. There's very few. I mean, I think, I think like the personal story of Thor and Loki, you can understand why, but like, uh, uh, even, even in Civil War, there's a moment in Civil War, sorry, spoiler for those who haven't seen it, please go watch it, but. There's a moment in Civil War where you think uh, uh, the Goody Two Shoes is about to do something hectic, and and he doesn't in the end, but but it it, it looks very very uh, imminent. The point I'm trying to make is that you know I always sort of bring it back to this to this idea of would these guys do it? Would these guys get rid of a villain? Because it's 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 an interesting theme around as well um, when Lex releases Doomsday, like. One of the poor senses of logic, but it, but but it aligns to 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 the to what we're talking about is. You know, Lex, Lex lets this thing out. Does Lex know how to control it? Can Lex sort of put Doomsday in check? I mean, that's that, that, that's obviously a big issue. And, and I think more importantly, it, does Lex care about controlling it, or is he just happy to yeah. let chaos reign? Yes, and and, and that's why I kind of like look at it and say, you know, if you bring it back to the personal story of Batman and the, does he kill? I mean, I think I think you know, it's it, like even in Man of Steel as an example, does Superman not kill Zod? If if so, well, what happens? Does he does he send him away? 
Yeah. Does he lock him up? Like, like what do you do? So I, th- I think in this kind of situation, it, it almost becomes necessitated when, when you think about it. Um, just really quickly, the other characters, because I haven't actually spoken about my favorite one. I love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Uh, yes. very with the, and, 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 and part of the, 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 the narrative of, of taking on the villains, which is very cool. I thought Amy Adams was great as Lois again, but my favorite, favorite, favorite piece of casting, and I didn't expect it, and I was totally blown away by it. Is is Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman? Oh yeah. my word! That that and and easily easily my favorite scenes in the film. Um, there's there's even some I, I I don't know if it's intentional, but there's even some awesome on-screen chemistry between her and Batman. There really I, I, is. Oh, yeah, wow. her, the, the bit she's where her and cool. her and Ben Affleck meet, she yeah. within a few seconds she's got Bruce Wayne wrapped around her finger, but it also looks like Gal Gadot has got Ben Affleck wrapped around her little finger because she is certainly my highlight because Wonder Woman is, for me, Wonder Woman is probably DC's biggest mistake in the fact that they haven't done her justice and they haven't put the time and effort into her the way they have done with Batman and Superman. Whenever Superman has tanked, they've always gone, right, we'll leave it and then we'll bring it back. When Batman tanked, they thought, right, we'll leave it a little bit and then we'll get the Nolan trilogy going. They've tried with Wonder Woman and then they've just gone, you know what, we'll just leave it. And to me, it's criminal. She is as powerful as Superman, easily, if not more so. You know, she's one of the few characters in in either cinematic universes that can hold her own against anyone. You know, people do forget she is a goddess. You know, she is right up there in terms of powers and ability. And I I was pleased to see her done properly. It it was sad that in the build-up, I I remember saying on the preview that the only thing that people were talking about was her physical appearance, how she looked, you know, her boobs weren't big enough. But I would hope that anyone with any, you know, with two pieces of grey matter to to rub together would be able to look at it on the face of it and go, you know what, she was fucking brilliant. She was equally comfortable as Diana Prince, you know, the the high-functioning socialite, the antique stealer, as she was when she was Wonder Woman, when she's this... I can't even, I don't think she's immortal, but she's this everlasting goddess. She's got infinite power. She could take down anyone, anywhere that she wants to. And it was great to see her done properly. I cannot wait for the Wonder Woman film. And equally, I can't wait to see what Ben Affleck's going to do in in the solo Batman film, because he's been confirmed as writing and producing. And starring and directing. Yeah, so (laughs) whatever happens in this, this is 100% on Ben Affleck. If it doesn't look right, he's taken the flak. If it's if the storyline's crap, he's taken the flak. So he's really putting his neck out on the line. And I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan, but I'm a Batfleck fan. I'm very much a Batfleck fan. Cool. So if we move on from best characters, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer's going to be for all three of us. Well, I certainly know for me. Least favourite characters. Uh, why, don't, why doesn't Marco start us off on this one? I'm going to surprise you. You're expecting me to say Jesse Eisenberg? I'm I gonna really say am. That. Yeah, I'm going to say Zack Snyder. Ooh, you little bastard. I wasn't expecting that. No, but, but because because for me, the funny thing is, I actually, especially on the second time of viewing, I'm going to say something a bit odd. I There's aspects of Jesse's portrayal that I actually like. And I think the problem is more writing as opposed to his portrayal because I think, you know, there's there's pieces of, of the lunacy and the, the, the vindictive malice that, that he portrays that actually really work. Like, like for example, one of the scenes of work that I think he actually executes really well is when 
um, first he 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 gets Lois Lane uh, sort of taken by helicopter to to to, to see him up uh, up on top of his building, and then he has a confrontation with Superman. And I think the way he twists and plays with Superman is brilliant. Now that it doesn't necessarily fly very nicely with, for example, his his speech at his uh, at his uh, his party, which yeah, is just terrible, that was which awkward. is terrible. That was yeah, so but, awkward. But, but for me, for me, it's writing because I think I think either you either you make him this this offbeat character who says something really profound and 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 closes it off, or he just doesn't say anything. He says, "Guys, the the guys, the boozers on me. You know, have fun." So I think I I I would rather say that you know for, for me the the issue is simply Zach having researched him a little bit now because obviously of of some of the things you guys said and also some of the things that, uh, that, that I paid attention to in the film. I think I think Zack Snyder is very good at imagery. The intro sequence, uh, fair enough, a lot of people don't like the rehash of of the of of the Wayne parents dying, but I actually thought the way they were shot was very cool. Oh, it was superb! Um, and again, that that was taken pretty much straight out the Dark Knight. The the scene where yes. the gun barrel is underneath the lovely um, Lauren Cohen's necklace, and as he yes. pulls the trigger, the barrel is what actually rips it. That that is shot for shot from the comic, and I loved yes. it. I thought it was brilliant. And like you say, he's been panned for that before because it's what he did with three hundred. But I think that there are certain times when it's okay. They didn't put too much time into it, did they? It was just a few minutes to recap on a story that we already know. But they just sort of put, I think they put the icing on it. They made it look more tragic than anyone else has done. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and the thing is, his imagery is very strong. I mean, like even the dark side imagery of, of Batman's desert, it looked really cool. The sequence makes no sense, yeah. but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. The the um the 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 imagery from for all the other imagery from the Dark Knight Returns, like Superman all zombified in space, and uh, there's that pose that Batman does when he's trying to escape from Doomsday. All of it is really cool. And as a comic book fan, I, I noticed it. I liked it. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot a, a lot of narrative issues, and and given the control he had in this film, I think unfortunately, red card to him. In that respect, because I think the the and and, the, and and this is the only thing that frustrates me about the film is and that's sort of why I I I I'm sort of willing to stick my neck out and say I liked it is that there's lots of concepts that really really are interesting here, but it it, it needed better script writing it needed better storytelling on on to really make it like a a, a proper classic. Yeah, and what, same to you, Mr. Simpson. What would you say was your worst piece of casting, whether that's on or off screen? Yeah. I'd echo that really about Snyder, as Marco said. Visually. Oh, you've both shown me up here. I was expecting three Jesse Eisenbergs. Well, <laughs> I, I, saw, I suppose it's one of them. I mean, I echo everything Marco said there. I think there were some good ideas in it. So I suppose that's why it was hard for me to gauge my reaction at first, because there was a mix. There were some very good moments and some bits I really did like, even some of the bits of, I like. Affleck as Batman, and I liked some of the the things he did, even though I didn't like that sort of direction Batman went in. You know, some of the stuff like, as you say, about the the idea of you know crime springing up when you pull out a weed more spring up. There were a few really good moments like that that I really enjoyed. But as Marco said, I think overall, I know I'm a bit stronger on this than you two. It was a bit of a mess, and it didn't all tie together well enough to be the film it could have been with a better director. And as Marco said, that visually at times, and every one of his films is like this, I think, stunning. There will always be stunning parts visually in any Zack Snyder film, or at least the ones I've seen. But 
sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, though so many of those dream sequences, they might make more sense to people who read the comics. But I was in the cinema with a lot of people who didn't appear to be comic book readers, judging from the way they reacted to some of them, because they just didn't make any sense. And without that extra knowledge, or at least didn't make much sense. Or maybe that's just me being slow on the uptake at times. But well, no, but that, that, that's, that's fair comment because it is, as you've said before, when you release a film like this, you've got to cater for the masses. You, you've got, yeah. you can't just make a, if you make a film solely for comic book fans, it will be a flop. You've got to tread that middle ground. You've got totally. to give enough tips of the hat and enough Easter eggs to make the people like me go, Ooh, that's brilliant. But you've yeah. got to satisfy people that want to go and see a good film about two characters that they haven't spent years reading because you just want to go to the cinema and see that film. Yeah. And I, I have to say Jesse Eisenberg for my, my least favourite bit of casting. I, but I do actually feel a bit sorry for him now because, as you've both said, he can only do what he's told. He can only work with the material that he's given. And their biggest failing with him is simply his age. If you're talking, this is, this is a Bruce Wayne who's now retired and come out of retirement. So how can Lex Luthor be about 30? I mean, he looks about 14. And the rumour going round <laughs> was that they originally wanted Brian Cranston. And I think that's potentially coloured my opinion, is knowing that they could have had Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor and they ended up potentially settling for Jesse Eisenberg. That maybe makes it feel worse by comparison. Uh, I was going to ask if there was any recasting that, you know, if you guys could go back and say, my least favourite casting was X, I would have cast Y instead. Can either of you sort of suggest anyone that you think could have been a realistic and b could have done a better job of tying this all together anyone springs to mind for you first joe do you mean as a director as, or? A, as a director yeah do you think anyone could have been grafted in for Zack snyder to who could have maybe done a better job of telling this story or told it, a better story probably um it's it's a hard one for me because i don't know that that world as well as you guys but Maybe I I think you touched on this earlier on with Kevin Feige. If I'm saying that right, he reminds me of like a director of football. And yeah, I think the thing he's done so many yeah. times, which to me is amazing, is picked people who who you wouldn't necessarily pick to helm these massive films. Obviously, Josh Whedon was wasn't as outlandish, but some of the other ones, you know, John Favreau wasn't necessarily the most obvious choice. For example. And he's uh, coming and people, back. John John, oh, John Favreau's been out the MCU brilliant. for a while, but he's coming back for Iron Man 4. Brilliant. Uh, glad, glad to see it. Some of those choices he's made has been so good. And I think sometimes it's about having someone there who understands, find the people who really love and understand these characters. And I think that's what he's been able to do. And I think probably the person that maybe a bit left field is maybe a Kevin Smith. He knows these characters oh, inside out. That is and a he, good shout. And he and he loves them. And well, I he think does. That's do, you know, so- do you know what his daughter's called? No. His daughter's called Harley after Harley wow. Quinn. He he <laughs> he loves comics and he loves Batman more than he loves most things in the world. That is a brilliant shout. That really I, is. Marco, you've I, got a hard one on your hands trying to beat that. Can now, I just you know? add one little bit? Sorry to be a pain. Can. And I think one of the things I would say is. For me, Superman, he, he can be boring and stuff, but the one thing that he's always had, 
uh, at least the Supermans that I've enjoyed is he's had that he's been about hope and he hasn't had as much bitterness and things as this Superman and he sort of brought a bit of fun and I don't think although this was dark there's still a place for fun because Civil War at times is dark and plenty of other films are dark The Dark Knight is obviously dark but there's still some elements of fun I don't think this film had enough fun or hope or light to, to, to balance out all this darkness and I think he'd bring that out of a Superman character, whereas this didn't feel like the Superman again that I, that I fell in love with as a child. And obviously, I know you can take things in different directions, but I think if you're taking both the main characters in a different direction than what most people are used to, you've got to do an absolutely fantastic job with it, and I don't think this did. But anyway, sorry, Marco. No, that... That is absolutely That's spot on. You, you you have got a very tough one to follow there, Marco. I, I, I'm not going to follow it. I'm going to add to it because that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because I think um, in, 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 in the same respects as the script didn't do Jesse Eisenberg any favors, I think yeah. like a, a perfect example, that scene in the, 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 the scene in the courtroom where, uh, you know, Superman's apparently going to speak about, you know, sort of his actions and, and, and sort of respond to uh, the employee whose name escapes me, Jack, I think, whose legs got, got, got taken off because of the incident in, in Metropolis. Superman these lines there he doesn't he he shouldn't be standing with a mouthful of teeth and then suddenly the place blows up and then it it it, i i can totally look me as a batman fan obviously i i love the dark tones so it's very consistent with the stuff i like i think if you're a superman fan yes i again i can understand the disappointment i think there's there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done with uh if if inevitably they're going to resurrect the guy they need to think very very carefully about the direction that they take and because what's quite interesting is there are some hints about the arc they take i'll i'll i'll, I'll answer that question just now but but ultimately you know they, they've got to work on that a bit now and and i wonder if I, I, Henry Cavill wouldn't have been my choice. Um, I think he, he he plays the greasy secret agent far better than the Superman, and I'm referring to his his portrayal in The Man with Uncle, which is not necessarily a great film, but it is a film. Um, but uh, uh, insofar as recasting, look, I have to be honest. Um, for, from a directorial perspective, I, I, I don't know a lot of directors uh, that well, but I. I would have just thrown a stupid amount of money at Christopher Nolan. I have to be honest. Yeah, I, I must admit that 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 was my shout when when they announced that I wanted Batman to be not permanently, but I wanted them to take a good few years away from Batman and let the character just breathe a little bit. They they gave what seemed like the perfect send off at the end of Dark Knight Rises, and mm. as soon as they announced that they were bringing back Batman for this. I was the same as you. I really thought, look, Kev Nolan directed the definitive Batman. He is the version of Batman that if I was saying to anybody, check out Batman in film, I would tell them to watch Batman Begins, um, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. I wouldn't tell anyone to go back further. I wouldn't even say to go back to Michael Keaton, which which is strange because I often say that Michael Keaton is one of my favourite Batmans, but the way the story was told, the darkness, the edge, the grit, and the storyline across all three films was superb. And if they could have got him in, I would have been. A, I think it would have made a lot more money because it would have then carried that feel-good factor from the Nolan trilogy over, and they might have brought a few more Nolan fanboys 
rather than pushing people away. Because Zack Snyder is very chalk and cheese, isn't he? You either love him or you really don't like him at all and you would cross the road to get away from him. But the Kevin Smith show is a brilliant one because Kevin Smith actually directs episodes of the TV shows. So the, the next episode that's airing of The Flash, which is tomorrow in America, is the Kevin Smith one. I think he did one last year. And so he's in there. He's in the DC universe. And he actually did some talks on the build-up to Batman versus Superman. And I think, as a fan, I think he will be thinking, well, I, I could have got more out of that. I could have got an extra 10% out of those guys. Or I could have made it a little bit more balanced. But I guess we'll never know because, as we've said, the, the universe has been firmly planted in Zack Snyder's hands and it will go whichever direction he wants to take it, in which, sadly, I think we've seen a pretty, a pretty fair reflection of how it's going to go. I think we'll, we'll see a very similar feel to all of the remaining films. Well, that's not really for us to say whether that's good or bad. I guess only time will tell and, and box office figures and reviews and what have you. Um, just before we wind down, um, any particular scenes which stand out for either of you, whether that, that be because it was exceptionally good or because it was incredibly bad? Joe, anything that springs to mind for you? Because we've just touched on it, uh, what, one, of the, one of the scenes for me, and sort of, I suppose it's two scenes really, the whole jar of piss thing, I just think if you'd have had uh, Christopher Nolan and obviously uh, Jonathan Nolan, if they'd have had, they wouldn't be given someone lines about that. I, I just think they'd have looked at that and just said, this is a terrible idea, uh, you know, to, to do that. You know, the, the jar in, in the court and he told that story earlier on. I just think that, that that's appalling to me. I just think any top writer and top director would reject that as just being the type of thing that, you know, sells the actor's short, really. And I think comparing Eisenberg, I didn't think he was particularly bad. I, I think he's got a lot of talent, but I'd say he's a bit like a striker with bad service. Some of the lines he had to do and some of the things he had to do, you know, he was on a hiding to nothing. I must say, I'm liking the fact that we've managed, between us, we've managed so far to get three football analogies in. <laughs> I, 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 think it's <laughs> I haven't done any. <laughs> I, I, I think it's once you open the floodgates. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, you're right. I, I think the other thing is, uh, and then for for a good scene, and I think this is this for me the scene that obviously I talked about beforehand with yourself. Um, was, was that start with like you know Bruce Wayne heading through seeing seeing what was happening in, in, in Metropolis with the fight between Superman and and Zod and. I love that whole idea of like a, a another character in another film observing this and and you know trying to interact with it and trying to drive it and I thought when that bit of the film I, I'll be honest I was thinking this is going to be awesome this is a really great start to this I'm really enjoying it it was it was a good opening scene I mean it was frantic it it had it was a fast paced car chase with buildings falling down while there's lasers being shot in the sky, if you don't find that at least half appealing, you know, why are you watching a superhero film? But you could certainly argue that it was, uh, it went on a bit of a downwards trend after that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the way I was seeing it was, that was a really good, and I know we'll, we'll probably disagree on this, but I thought that's a really good way of sort of, for me anyway, opening the door to to 
Bruce Wayne gradually getting more and more angry and suspicious of of Superman. And I think they needed to do more in a better way for me to buy this absolute hatred, whereas it seemed to be that was just it. As soon as that happened, there was complete hatred on like a crazy scale. Whereas I think I needed more to probably my my own expectations of what Bruce Wayne's like. I needed more to believe that he would be, you know, this whole idea of if there's a one percent chance. Again, that's not my idea of Bruce Wayne. And I think it, I needed to see much more things to make Batman have this intense hatred. Yeah, I know he'd obviously, in this fight, led to the, the people in Wayne's building getting killed. But Batman's been fighting crime for however long, you know, 20 years or whatever. I'm sure he's had situations where things have gone bad and people have got killed. So I think there'd be some understanding there and of the situation he was in. So it just didn't sell the film that start. It didn't build on that well enough for me. Yeah, I again, I think that's a very fair comment. Uh, what yeah. about you, Marco? Any, any quickly, any particular scenes for good or bad reasons that have stuck with you? Okay, very quickly. Uh, number one, Clark and Bruce at the party. I love the that they were able to slip in the dialogue about the freaks with clowns. Love that. Yeah. I love the expression on Batman as uh, he's starting to punch uh, Superman and eventually like you can see that, you know, Superman's just standing still looking at him. And then um, Batman pulls his like face of, oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Batman in the warehouse was brilliant. Uh, yes. That was absolutely brilliant, and I really, really hope they they build on that because even like the little things, like him bursting through the wall, very Batman thing to do. Loved it, loved it. It was it was it was well choreographed, very intense as well. Then uh, Wonder Woman, uh, well Diana Prince rather, when uh, Batman surprises her at the gallery and he sort of uh, sorry Bruce, and then Bruce sort of says something like um, uh, along the lines of uh, I've, I've I've met girls like you before, and then she sort of like she like, like grins casually and says. Oh, you've never met anyone like me, which is quite funny. But yeah. my favorite, favorite scene, without a shadow of a doubt, and I think a lot of it is also because of the music. Because, because let's not let's not take away from Hans Zimmer and um, Junkie XL, who did a good job collaborating to make a very moody soundtrack to the film. Um, that reveal of Wonder Woman. Uh, at the Doomsday fight and that music, wow! I've 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 had that going over and over in my car because it's just such a cool theme. Uh, that's easily my favorite moment. Just a quick thought: it's not necessarily a favorite scene, but it is a scene that sticks out because it makes me think about what they might do. Again, it comes from that notorious dream sequence. But that said, you've got Superman confronting Batman. Um, he 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 takes off the mask to reveal it's Bruce Wayne, and he says something along the lines of, uh, "You took her away," and the 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 Flash's comments make it sort of imply that that her means Lois. I'm wondering if this is not going to be the Injustice arc where, where Batman, uh, where Superman turns, turns a little, uh, a little bit twisted. And and that could be quite an interesting direction to take Superman. Although I think it would bother a lot of Superman fans, to be honest. Yeah, that that's, that's certainly the way they seem to be going. Cause that, that nightmare sequence a lot of people, it, it's as, as Joe was saying before, to anyone who's not read the comics, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But as soon as you see the, the Omega symbol on the floor, instantly I was thinking Dark Side. Then when I actually went back and watched it again um, on, on clips, I never even noticed all the flying creatures that were coming in their Dark Side's minions. That completely went over my head. So I, I'm hoping that they're going to do that because if they don't go down that kind of route, 
then that nightmare sequence was just even more pointless than a lot of people already think it was. I didn't actually like the Flash cameo. I thought it was stupid, but that's because I think that recasting the Flash as Ezra Miller is just a massively disrespectful move to a guy, Grant Gustin, who has done an incredibly good job. I've had countless arguments on fucking Facebook about it with (laughs) people all across the world who are telling me that I'm wrong because they're not doing the singular universe thing and all the rest of it. Well, bollocks to him. The way I see it, you've got a character out there. He's been portrayed well. And while he's still portraying that character, you've then gone and recast somebody else. You've just pulled the rug out from under his feet. And I hope that Ezra Miller falls flat on his face, quite frankly, because I'm horrible and spiteful. Dude, neither a Marvel, to be fair, because I mean, if you think about it, um, there's this, there's all this nonsense that happens in New York, and you, you could just as easily mention Daredevil, and and he's not mentioned. So, you know, it's not it's not like it's. Uh, I think I think people use the argument around you know, sort of the thing of the universe. It goes both ways. I think it does, you know, but Marvel use it a little bit more because they at least tie it in with they've Agents made of mentions Shield, in yeah. the past with Agents of Shield, and they've done it the other way where they've mentioned. Um, you know, New York has been mentioned in Jessica Jones and Daredevil and what have you. Ah, okay. And, and I know what you mean. I, I'm a, I'm basically a bit of a bitch when it comes to DC because I'm never going to be happy until they give me what they owe me. They owe me a lifetime's worth of films, which Marvel have given me in the last eight, nine years, but DC is still massively lacking. Marvel still owe me. Uh, yeah, they they <laughs> they certainly still owe me a Green Lantern film. Everybody knows that, and they definitely owe me a good Flash film. <laughs> but that that does actually segue to the last point that we had very quickly was what comes next both for Batman and Superman and for the wider universe now Marco I think you've just hinted at something there they could when Superman comes back that could be their way to arc into Superman taking a slightly darker turn that that could be the way where he comes back and his mind's a little bit twisted and you know, he can't believe that he had to sacrifice himself and maybe he comes back in six months' time and maybe the world has seemingly forgotten about him and maybe that just twists him that little bit more and that's how they, they send him off down that dark path which would then tie a little bit more neatly into the uh, the Injustice angle that you've mentioned. Anyone that has... I, I haven't read much of Injustice. I only know what I've read from blog posts and forums and stuff like that. But, Marco, if you can... Can you give us a little succinct wrap-up of what you think the uh, the future's going to hold for DC? Well, if, if if it's the Injustice arc, I think, number one, it's a very brave, but it's a very risky choice because uh, of what it implies for Superman. It also would imply that, to some extent, uh, the Joker becomes quite important in this in, in, in the sense that he is responsible for one of the really pivotal plot points in, in that whole arc, which directly affects Superman quite badly. And that's the best hint I can give you. The, the, the other thing though is that, you know, off the screen, I think if, uh, if Wonder Woman does well, which I hope it does, and if, if in particular it, it seems like, um, Ben Affleck's Batman solo f- film does well, uh, and also Suicide Squad as well, because I think I think we we've got to keep that in mind. Oh, absolutely. I think I think, I think if the the Batman stroke Ben Affleck stuff does well, I I would hope that it means that um, slowly but surely DC starts uh, and Warner Brothers in particular. We shouldn't actually say DC; it's Warner Brothers. Start getting a sense of what they actually want these things to do and get a firm hand in the strategy. Because I think I, I, I think the main reason at the end of the day that the Marvel stuff works 
is just because of the fact that there's a very core thing behind it. And, 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 and I'm obviously talking very specifically with the Avengers stuff because, you know, let's not also forget, I mean, there's other Marvel properties that are, that are sitting with other studios as well. So, I mean, we, we can't necessarily say it's all about Marvel. It's, 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 uh, it's obviously connected to different pieces, but, um, yeah, the Injustice arc might be an angle. I, I selfishly want to see more Batman and Wonder Woman. I I do I am sympathetic to the idea that they that they try and get Superman right because I'm starting to the, 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 especially the second viewing of this film made me feel a little bit sorry for for Henry Cavill and and sorry for the for the portrayal of Superman because I think they've got a you know this the, this whole Kansas farm boy thing is is cute and 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 it's very Smallville and and, and that's fine but it it, it kind of got lost a bit and 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 they've got a They've got to think very carefully what they do with that character. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? Anything to add? Any any thoughts for you for DC slash Warner Brothers moving forwards? Uh, oh, the only thing I, I, I could add, really, obviously Mark will sum that up really well. I think the only thing I, I could add is maybe just to echo what you you've both said about Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. That's another character. All I knew was like the sort of 70s version of the telly and i didn't know much about Linda that Carter. yeah and i mean i didn't know like you said she was a goddess with all these powers until this film so i weren't looking forward to that character at all i was thinking how how's this gonna fit in and i don't think she got given a lot to do i would have liked to have seen much more of her in this film but with the little she did get some cool scenes like you both mentioned she she made me want to see more of her. So whilst I've said I don't want to see more necessarily of this as a whole, definitely that character intrigued me. And like I think the one thing she was one of the few characters that had a little bit of like a spark that I love. So like there was a bit in that end fight. Yes. You could tell she was absolutely loving it. And that was like, yes, that's what I want to see. Obviously, I know not every character's gonna have that, but that was like that re- and as well, you know, the, the Zimmer music, as you mentioned, Marco, those two things together, that was like a real shot of excitement. And, totally. You know, so I look forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fine note for us to end on. Anything that either of you need to plug, any, any upcoming pods or anything that you've written that you want to tell our six fans about? On my side, uh, there's, there's, there's a certain match next week, Wednesday, that I need to preview. Um, I've already started planning the, cause now everyone's making all these requests on Twitter. This is very unusual for me. Um, I hope I'll meet expectations. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got two awesome guests lined up. I think, um, it, it's going to be a good show. So that, that watch out for that coming out over the weekend. Excellent. And anything for you, Joe? Yeah. Um, I, I've got a, a, a pod coming up, a movie night with uh, Dan Kennett and Andrew Beasley on the Bond films, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that'll be out soon. Although, can I just say, Joe, I am so shocked at the voting for the for that. Oh, that mate! Some of the vo- oh my word! I cannot. Be- I mean, no, die another day. It, oh, it, mate, I, how did it win that group? No, I, I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm insulted. I mean, on behalf of Bond fans across the planet, I'm insulted. Well, Absolutely. hopefully we'll we'll put some people straight on the pod, hopefully. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both for, for joining us this evening. It has, as always, been a pleasure. And I think it's fair to say we have coped very well without Rory, so I might just tell him not to bother coming back. <laughs> well done. I, I must admit I've enjoyed this whole presenting on my own thing. I don't have to share the limelight. <laughs> <laughs> 
as as we always finish with, you know where to find us on Twitter. We are AI Comic Pod. We're facebook.com slash AI Comic Pod. And more recently, aicomicpod.tumblr.com. Hopefully coming soon will be a domain name that's a little bit easier to remember than that. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit more writing. We're actually going to do some reviews of hopefully Civil War in the next couple of weeks. This, I think maybe next week we might be doing a look into the anti-hero mentality, which sort of ties in with what we've said about the, the dark Batman and a, a little bit of the dark edge of Superman. We've got lots of stuff coming up, so just keep your eyes and ears primed and we'll catch you soon. Thanks again for joining us. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 